Welcome back to another episode of the Leveling Up Experience. I'm your host, Eric Michael. I'm here today with an, a legend, Betty Sparol. She, I call her the godmother of the transformational community. Betty, how are you today? I'm very well, Eric, here in beautiful California where we finally got some rain. That is amazing. That is, I, I call it the best coast over there at the West Coast. Uh, okay, that's good. I haven't heard that one before. Uh, so today, before we jump into today's conversation, I always love to ask the guests uh, how they got started into this line of work. So how, how did you get started, uh, Betty, in the transformational community? Well, I've always been very curious and interested in what it means to be a human and how we live and what more of the social context. And throughout my life, I've studied philosophy, I've studied religion, I've studied psychology. And it was an easy shift to move into uh, the transformational work, which is about transforming oneself, what we call the self, mm -hmm. so that we can have a greater experience of what life can be for us here on this planet. It's really interesting. And you've been doing it for how long? All my life. But you're talking about the, tr the transformation experiential trainings yeah. since 1978. Wow, that is a long time. And That's uh, a long time. everybody, every time I, I, I've never personally met you, but today's my first day meeting you. But every time, uh, you know, I talk about you, everybody says that you're amazing. Uh, you do incredible work. You're an amazing mentor. Um, so, I, again, it's a real honor to be sitting here with you today. Well, thank you. I know quite a few of the people there in Florida, and it's been a privilege to work with them and to be a guide. She just, I look at myself more as a guide to, yeah, absolutely. to guide people through what it is they are up to anyway. And I have, a, uh, I have an assertion that I make about life. And what's the that assertion? is that, that people want to do good. Basically. I, I, I hear that 100%. I agree with that. Yeah. And sometimes there are things in our way, our beliefs, our perceptions of life, our interpretations of who and what we are. And so my work is to guide people so that they can find their own North Star and be about the good that they're up to. Let me ask you, uh, since we, you brought it up, what is the North Star? that which guides and directs and moves us that is because we put our focus completely on the external world yeah we it's do. always shifting and moving and shaping which well, you know if we talk about interpretation right you'll begin to see the many interpretations that we live out of but at some moment in in many some people's lives not everyone right but they began to develop a core set of principles and values out of which they live their lives. And that's their star. You know, as an example, I flew home from, what was I, Florida right. on Monday. And the plane had a, has a way of cor correcting. Yeah. You just don't get on the plane and go from Florida to California. No. You have a whole system that's correcting. When the plane goes too far, it brings it back. So all of that goes on in our lives too. And when I say a North Star, it's like that. It guides us. It directs us. It allows for many, many mistakes. Uh, yes. Because there's no straight line. 
And when I say mistakes, you know, part of uh, the work that I do and we do with people, we say there's, there's no failure. Huh. There's never failure. There's never failure. That's interesting. There's no failure. It's just information. It's why, just feedback. Why do we like, and I, I'm, I'm guilty of it. Why is it that we automatically assume that we fail? You know, like if I, if I'm not able to do something correctly, I, I, I personally, I've done it in the past. I don't do it as much anymore. I've beat up on myself. I'm like, Oh, I failed. I, you know, I can't do this. I'm not good at that. What, what do you think that is? We don't understand. Uh, we don't understand really what it takes to move from a novice to a master. Ah. Yeah. Matters. If you take on some new discipline, some new job, some new piece of work, then you're a beginner. Right. And what it takes to move from a beginner, uh, a novice to a master are many, many breakdowns. So I would say like you in, you know, in podcasting, you're learning. Right. And there are certain things you do is terrific, fantastic. And you're, when there's a, a disruption, that's what we call a mistake, can simply be a disruption. Right. If you learn from it, then you can move forward. That's true. But if you don't learn, and if you give up on yourself and give up on your capacity and your ability to learn, then you stop. Wow. And <laughs> that's true. You see? Yeah. <laughs> and and that goes back to how we've been because we're social beings. Right. And we've been socialized, especially yeah, I'll speak to the Western world, the Western mind. Right. We've been socialized to get it right the first time. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And our schools are set up so that we get it right. Not that we explore, not that we learn, not that we uh, have a, a, an appreciation of ourselves as learners, as inventors, as designers, as developers. Right. That we've fallen into, you have to have the right answer and you have to have it now. That's and so if you don't... You're wrong. You're wrong and there's something wrong with you, there's something wrong with them, there's something wrong with it. There's something wrong with the whole system and it goes on and on. And in a conversation of wrong, which is a limiting conversation that you're wrong and that anybody else is wrong. And I'm not talking about morality here, but I'm simply talking about a way that we can begin to navigate our lives so that we're not wrong. And if I try some, even some of the old things I do, there will be disruptions and it's in the disruptions that I began to master the who I am. It can go even further than anything that I can imagine right now. Wow, that, that, is, that is really deep. And, I, and I'm close to the Silicon Valley and they have a saying out here, which is fall, what does it say? Fail fast. <laughs> so you can understand, right? You can understand what it is that, that uh, you had to break down in and, and try to, learn from that correct yes huh. yes if you watch uh athletes they practice all the time but they're practicing so that they can embody the ways of being the thinking they can have them accomplish what it is they want to accomplish and in their practicing they're not always going to hit the mark it's not wrong but they can learn something from it 
especially the ones who let themselves learn, then they can act. And so there's another distinction here. Instead of what's right or what's wrong, we start to workable or not workable. Uh -huh. Can you hear that distinction? Yes, absolutely. I hear it there. Is this, is this workable based on what it is I say I want to accomplish in my life? For me, like now, I got a non-workability in my life in terms of what I'm up to. Right. And what I'm up to is writing a book. Oh. And to write a book, you got to write. I mean, it's just, <laughs> there's no way around that. There's no way around it. You, uh, somebody has to write, yeah, but writing, does. you know, but writing has to occur. Yeah. And so the non-workability in my commitment to have this book completed by the first quarter in 2020 is that I, I don't make time to write. Yeah. You, gotta, you see where it's not workable? Yeah. I hear that. I hear it's, it in there. Yeah. It's, and it's you invited me to be on your show. You, I wouldn't be on this show unless you had inv extended an invitation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then with the invitation, we worked out everything that we needed to work out. So here today, it didn't happen just by magical thinking. No. It's, and so, so it's, if, if I'm hearing this correctly, there's, and and saying what you like, what you'd like to have an outcome or what you desire, you have to put in some type of work because if you're not putting in the work, it's not going to just show up. So it's it, it, am, I, am I correct with that? Yeah, yeah. Which is one of the uh, a breakdown we're facing in our world today. People want the get rich quick fast yeah. method. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, especially in my generation. My generation is like, you know, I, I, you know, it's funny, and, but I, I love to point fingers at video games because it seems like if you, you know, if you work your way through the video game quick enough, you'll get to the next level. And then you work your yes. way up, you get to the next level. Instead of realizing, hey, that's not how life works. Life works is that, you know, you go through the, the, the motions. Sometimes, you know, things will, you'll have a breakdown, as, as we say, and then you'll, you'll either, you know, see what you get to add or, you know, you'll keep moving or you'll stop, quit and give up, which probably isn't the best thing. And then you keep it moving. And I, and I see that a hundred percent. It's like, and I, and I've been guilty of it too, where I'm like, you know, I got to, I wish I had this job. I, I wish I was this in this position. I mm. wish I was that, but it's like, <clears throat> if I don't put in the work, if I don't practice then it, I, I feel like I might be missing out. Like if instead of getting the, you know, the quick get rich, I feel like there's, there's yumminess or juiciness, like we say in the trainings, in, in like, you know, the first level, the second level. So I understand yeah. what it is that, you know, I, I get to work on and things like that. Yeah. And so your life becomes a practice. Your life becomes the practice and the embodiment of what it is up to Becoming is not quite it, because as you as you know, my, my work is based in ontology. Right. And ontology is the study of being, which means that being is shaped as we shape being. Being shapes us. Shapes us. Oh, that's and interesting. Shaping occurs through our language, our practices, our ways of being, our um, which is. 
let's imagine that this is um, a piece of ice. And if I want to create a sculpture out of the ice, I got to chip certain things away. This right. is, uh, you know, Michael D'Angelo who said, who talks about this. Right. But if I'm not willing to chip away everything, then the same form that I've always had. So what makes us unique as human beings is our capacity to shape. Right. Distinct from other, some other animals. Let's hmm. see. You know, I don't know if there are dogs and cats and birds sitting around on podcasts talking about what it is to be and, <laughs> and how do I invent my life and how do I shape my life? You know? <laughs> but we human beings, we can do that. Yeah. And, and that doesn't make us, it makes us unique in a way. It, does, yeah. it doesn't make us any better than the other animals. It's just that we have another capacity and when we don't use it fully, we become less than our possibilities mm. that yeah that is interesting we we if we don't give it if, if, correct me if i'm wrong but if we don't put in our full potential if we don't go you know that hundred percent we could be missing out on things or we could be you know stopping ourselves from reaching greatness is that what you're saying it, it is it like i said i'm here in northern california Right. And my, my favorite basketball team, you know, people who know me know I love basketball. Yeah. Uh, my favorite basketball team is not doing well. <laughs> well who's your, tell us, who's your favorite basketball the team? Warriors. <laughs> you know, the Warriors. They've been doing so well for quite a while, though. I know, I know. But this year, quite a few accidents and hurt players. And to now, I mean, they're really doing bad now. Yeah. As basketball teams go. We're not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> but Stefan Curry, I went to a game. It was last year. And, and I was I'm very interested in this guy. He did something that other, other players had not done at the time. Right. And he, he practices. He, he does, doesn't get in his car and drive around. or, But he has a way of, there's a commitment. There's a discipline there's a, a rigor to what he does in all the great players. Because same thing in music. All the great players practice and practice and practice until it's something that we use in, in, in uh, my coaching school is it becomes ready to hand. You don't have to think about it anymore. Right. Because this body, this biology, what it does is it becomes what we practice over and over again. I mean, there are some limitations. Right. I mean, I'm not going to become I because I practice over and over becoming a guy. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but so we look at ourselves uh, in four distinct ways. Okay. And there are many ways that we can observe ourselves. Right. But we look at ourselves as um, biological. Like mm. we all have a body. Yeah. And in this biology, we are also interdependent, interrelated with all of nature. Yeah. Which is a, a large part of what this climate change movement is about. Environment, you, know, you can talk about climate change, you can talk about ecology, you can talk about environment, you can talk about the biosphere, but there's something about us and this particular 
ecosystem called right. the earth right that we have a body a biology yeah and so we began to observe ourselves in that way another way we observe ourselves is we observe ourselves as social beings yeah we do that we're social yeah. and that we we have narratives we have interpretations we have uh, now we we interpret and to a client yesterday yeah i say you know the, the we're we're sort of like shakespeare in our lives and that we can author our lives to a certain degree right but as shakespeare is authoring macbeth <laughs> yeah he had to have a character that matched Macbeth, his wife, Lady Macbeth. Of course. Like Macbeth couldn't have been married to Mother Teresa. No. Why not? Well, because that doesn't ma well, in in this <laughs> in this scenario that doesn't match. And 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 speaking in Shakespeare, that doesn't match. They don't go hand in hand. That's right. They don't go hand in hand. And so I'm we're getting to see that our lives are the same way. That what's that, whatever's in our life is it's not matching but it is disclosing to mm. us mm. something about our worldview our thinking our practices and all of that so that's where we can have what we what i call agency okay. i.e some choice so we see ourselves as social beings we're also linguistic beings which is where i put a lot of minds sometimes a little bit too much <laughs> And by linguistic beings, I mean, we live in language. We do. And our, our lives are constituted in language. And that once I embody the language, let's say what you're doing right now, there's a certain language around podcasting, right? Right, yeah. If you don't know the language, I don't mean like know it like information. No. But once you know the language of podcasting, then you can begin to navigate very differently to someone that, that's never heard of podcasting. That's true. Yeah. But and, it's the way and you market yourself, correct? And the, and where you get the equipment, there's, right. there's equipment that goes with podcasting. Yeah. Like you're not trying to podcast with the, um, you know, it's, it becomes a whole ecosystem itself podcasting. Yeah. There's the equipment, there's everything that goes with it, which happens in, language huh that's interesting yeah and once you learn the language of podcasting then you have a better chance of succeeding at it right and having a good podcast that's exactly right and as you said marketing marketing is a particular language um so all, so when i first learned about this was in 1980 okay i was in a class and when he started to talk about language and I set up, I said, wow, because language does not describe language invents. Huh. I mean, there's a certain part of language that's descriptive. If you ask right. me to describe my house, I would use language to describe it. But I would be inventing my house in your listening because then you would start to have a sense of what my house is like through my speaking. And your the description of it, correct? Yes. Oh, that is interesting. And so we are always, uh, I like to, as I work with companies and with my students, I, it's in our speaking that we began to invent what we call realities. 
Yeah, we do. And especially in speaking, you know, if, in language, we, we create our universe with the way we speak. Is that correct? That's right. Exactly. And, and the way we speak to ourselves, what we call ourselves, yeah. where we speak to others. And so then what language is, language becomes, language is the intimacy between us, huh. which is even the language itself of between us is not correct because there is no between us. Because we're all connected, correct? We're all one? Yeah, but even that, when you language that, you see there's a background and foreground. When you say we're all connected, saying something that's really not the way that it is either, the, that we're all connected implies duality, that you're over there and I'm over here. But there's something else that's going on that's much, much. So, Betty, tell me more about duality. Yeah, duality is a, so let me back up. Right. What it means to be human is that we are interpreting. Yeah. And we, <laughs> I'm always interpreting. I'm always yeah. only all the time. All the time. And we've interpreted what it means to be human. We've interpreted what God is, what God isn't. Then there's a the scientific interpretation of life. There's a philosophical, there's all these interpretations. But we forget that there are interpretations and we start to, in every war that we've ever had, I assert, started because someone's interpretations didn't match someone else's. Oh my God, so, all the time. You see that? So we, we fight to make our interpretation. Are we doing that just to be right about how we, about our interpretation? It's because that's what we think that it's the way that it is. It, 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 it was like uh, before Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue in, was it, 1492? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they engraved that in my head. Yeah, I know. You see, you learn it. That's what, so that's, but that story is not, that narrative is not the way that it is. But, no, of course not. But it's the way that we've been, you know, taught time and time. And then it kind of goes back to what you were saying. We, we, they, first it was taught to us. And then we had practiced over and over and over and over again back in school that this is how Christopher Columbus sailed the world. And he did this and he did this. But that's not even true. That's, that's someone somewhere said that. And then they ingrained it in all the schools. And now we're all, first of all, we're all saying it like robots. And yeah. then on top of that, it's not even accurate. Exactly. That's interesting. That is and weird. that's how, uh, I would say most of our interpretations are. Yeah. Because, <laughs> and, and prior to, to that, most peop many people in the Western world lived as if the earth was flat. Yeah, <laughs> for the longest yeah. time. And so, even still today, some basketball players, they, they, I'm not some basketball, there's a one basketball players, I think, right, that uh, still thinks that uh, the earth is flat? Yes. Hmm. Uh, and what it's an interpretation, right? But we live our, when we live our interpretations as if they are the truth, we must act consistently and congruently with our interpretations. And so why do we do that instead of looking at it from a different point of view? Well, because we, even this conversation that we're having right now is a interpretation, interpretation of what oh. it is to be human. Right. We're interpreting how it is to be human. We're interpreting how language yeah. is. Yes. 
through, but this is the beauty of language. We're interpreting it, interpreting it through language. Right. Now, another example of language. We talk about the sun rising or the sun setting. Yeah. That's not true. What do you mean? The sun is pretty stationary. It's not setting. Oh, it's, it's not rising. It's but we here but we here on the earth in our position. Ah, wow. <laughs> you see? That, well, that, that really got me for a second there because it's true. The sun stays stationary in its position. It's the earth that has us going round. And then it's our interpretation that it's the sun rising and setting, but it's not the earth. I mean, it's not the sun rising and setting. It's just the earth doing a, a rotation. That's right. And that's back to interpretation. And our perception. Wow. So with the perception that the earth, when the earth was the center of the universe, which that conversation led to, it shaped how people thought and also their actions. I mean, if, if I go so far to the end of the earth, if it's flat, I'm going to fall off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a conversation. That's what happened. That was a long time conversation. I remember. Right. But now you say, no, you know what? The earth is more round like and that we are one in a system. So we get to system thinking. Mm. The earth is in a system with the sun and the moon, because if you take the moon out, then it will be too hot for us to exist here on the planet. And that's why the moon goes to its shapes. Because so it has such an impact on our lives here. Right. The moving and where its position. And we are, and, and, and the more we understand that, then we can send a man into the, on the moon and return him safely. You know, the GFK, John right. Kennedy declaration at the time. Right. But it took, and this is what language does. Okay. It opens up new worlds. Mm, and new possibilities. New possibilities. Wow. And without, now which comes first? I don't know, I think, but they co-arise together. Yeah. The language and the possibility. But if no one has ever, you, may, you might be too young to remember this movie. Uh, but there was a movie maybe 20, 25 years ago. Right. Around the same topic, around perception. Okay. And how we see it. And we can only act consistent with interpretations and meanings. And what happens when we shift those interpretations, we go, ah, maybe there's, there's another possibility. But until that happens, there is no possibility. And, but is that something that was made up? Yes. That's what makes us who we are as human beings. We can make up all kinds of stuff. That's interesting. Because... Forget, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead Eric. Yeah. No, so what I was saying is, is that, I mean, even in, in what you just said, right, that there's different possibilities or sometimes even there's not, people will say, and I, I've been someone who says that, that sometimes in my thinking or when I'm doing something, sometimes I'm like, there's no other possibility. There can't be another way. There can't be another solution. But that's just because I'm so caught up in the one direction, the one way of how I, uh, um, how I work with something, how I do something, instead of backing up for a second, and taking a pause and then realizing 
there's always multiple ways. And I, I, I don't know where I heard this, but I always love hearing this example is that just like a GPS system, there is multiple ways. So if you're, if I'm trying to get to your house, I can, yes. you know, go down that road, make a left, make a right, make a right, make a left. And if I mess up or if I'm trying to avoid traffic, there's about four or five other ways and routes and possibilities to get to your house. Correct? Correct. Okay. But if I don't know that, if I have no sense of that, right. Then I will keep running into the same wall. Like, uh, like right now, I would tell my, when I say we're linguistic beings, something is happening with climate change. Yeah. Climate has always been changing. If you, yeah, this, <laughs> how old is the earth? Climate has always been changing. Yeah, we went from the ice age to with even with dinosaurs. and That's right. That's right. So is it about climate change? Yes. Yes. And what's happening is how we have participated in this particular climate change. And with this particular climate change, what happened? So back to the question of duality. When right. we separated ourselves from nature, and we became the dominators of nature, meaning yeah. we could do whatever we wanted to do, however we wanted to do it, and we lost our relatedness with nature. Yeah, we had this like superior superiority that we're better yeah. than nature. It's crazy. Yeah, which and we're nature itself. If you don't believe me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we are. We're part of nature. We're, I mean, we're, you know, we're on the food chain. So that's exactly right. And, and we, there are certain universal laws that apply to us. We are not, we are not not bound by certain universal laws and principles that are in the biosphere, right? That are in life itself. And we call it nature. So a part of what my work is now. Is having people rethink who they are mm. instead of this isolated, separated being, this dualistic being, but began to enter into the that this is you know nature as self, earth as self, right? And when that happens, there's a different kind of care that yeah. can emerge. If I, don't, if I don't have water to drink the way that I'm constituted now as a human being, right. then I can't live here. If I don't have, and there might become a time when we shape ourselves so that we don't need water. Right. We don't need food. We don't need fresh air. That might happen. Yeah, but until, until then, <laughs> we need that water and we, we need the oxygen with the clean air. Yeah, we do. And if we don't have it, another thing about, nature and us human beings is what has us have the capacity to love mm. you notice this yeah if you've ever been out nature walking or camping or what there's something that opens it's our heart too and when we become numb right we become numb to the sounds of birds, and that's a part of what's happening too. Birds are disappearing. Yeah, it's it's actually just realized that. I mean, yeah. especially myself, it's just like, especially in my constant doing, is that I, I forget my surrounding. Like I forget that there's birds oh. chirping, the wind, uh, you know, uh, kids laughing, and and all of this because 
you know, in, in, in speaking for myself is that I'm, I'm getting so lost in the doing and so lost in the mechanics of life that I'm missing, you know, the surroundings, I'm missing the beauty of life. Mm. And that's beauty is a word. And the ugliness, you see, that's what keeps us human too. That's true. And I was in uh, East Africa a few years ago on a safari and there was a kill that was taking place. I mean, the animals killing other people, other, not people, but animals. And we right. were watching it and someone is going, oh, that's so awful. Lord. And I'm, I'm observing all of this, Eric. I'm saying, this is life. Yeah. This happens. And the more I remove myself from that, I become, I have a kind of fear that won't allow me to be in life and all that's occurring and opening myself to the discipline that's needed to have me not kill. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I see that. Uh, it, why, why, okay. why do we, and I just, this one, this kind of question that's looming there. Why is it that we do that? Or why is it that I do that? Why do I take myself out of the picture? Why did the person in the safari want to like hide to the fact that, you know, life is happening right in front of them? That's a part of the worldview. And worldview, the uh, the uh, duality, like I'm over there, you're over there, and I'm over here, and we try not to imagine or know ourselves as that too. Right. That's and we're interesting us human beings, and I'm completely fascinated <laughs> by us. I, I am too. We. <laughs> Real, if you sit back and you observe and you watch, we're, we really are interesting, especially in this technology era. I mean, Ooh. my goodness gracious, we are so interesting. And even in, and I, and I love to just go into my generation because it, it's just mm -hmm. that technology has completely taken over. And to just sit back and watch, had people, you know, instead of, and this is crazy, you know, you're at dinner with your family and instead of focusing on your family and enjoying dinner, Wow, I'm on my phone. I'm on my phone. I got to check on sports. I got to check on Instagram. I got to get a like. And it's just like, what, what's going on? Instead of, you know, being present, we're so disconnected to connect. People think that just because we're on yes. social media, we're connecting. We're not connecting. No, no, no. This is, this is very good that you bring it up because one of the philosophers we study in my school, Martin Heidecker, uh, I think he was born in 1926 maybe earlier, but, but anyway, he was talking about this in the thirties and forties technology and what happens with technology right. and that if we are not careful, if we're not mindful, then we become the very machines that are running us. And that because we're not machine like, yeah. what happens is we become alienated, separated in a way where we have no spirit it's, and spirit here's the animating force that moves the whole universe so and true. You, know, you probably know the conversation about artificial intelligence yes study philosophy you know to try to how do you make machines yeah i mean i'm actually blown away that this guy predicted this back in the 30s someone should we we should have listened to him you know because it's so true we we've literally 
and and that it's it's crazy to think that we're actually thinking we're connected we're isolating ourselves we're completely right. isolating ourselves by instead of being present in the moment of the out well i guess we can call it the outer world right we're so locked into a inner digital world that mm. we're missing life and it's just going by us and we're so right. i, I want to say addicted i don't know if that's the correct word it is but this is a part of the industrial complex too it's interesting go ahead yeah the industrial complex capitalism is designed to have you consume 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 right so the more you're consuming it gives them, it gives them, it gives them money in their pockets correct yeah and capitalism as a, as a system i'm not knocking it no. and there's some good things about capitalism but it's been set up in a way where it's taken out both equity and equality and humanity a hundred percent and so but but you have to have yeah good but you have to have some system and it was a pretty good system but and the more we consume the less we are available to share and give like right now this is the holiday season right. and i'm writing a, a piece now about the gift what gift will you give this holiday season yeah and the biggest gift one of the biggest gifts uh again this is my claim that you can give is to put this down and connect with someone in your life i agree and with that but you know what it'd be very hard for many people why is it so hard I mean, I, I find it the same way. I find, I find it very hard to sometimes, even when I'm sleeping, I have a tendency of waking up and checking my phone and checking my email. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A machine. You become a machine. Wow. You, you, but, so, but now with practice, so we tie mindfulness into the word. So mindfulness is having us be still. And you use the word present. Mm. The more present we are more presence we have and in that presence this is where we could and it's where love is there's there's no love in in this no there's not it's artificial love i want to call it yeah but you know like you, you, like people talk about personal love i said unconditional love is an oxymoron that's not love <laughs> you know you just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Love is love, and as soon as you put a condition on it, it becomes love. It becomes something else. That's interesting. Why? Why do we? Why do we have the tendency of doing that? Goes that goes back to linguistic. You know, we have to put a title or put you know, and I call it an adverb or an ad lib on top of it Mm -hmm. instead of saying it's just love. It's just presence. But we have. Why is it that we have the need to add something to it? That's us human beings doing our dance here on planet Earth. <laughs> but really, and so in, a, in all the great teachings, right? You know, they stress what you've been saying here: presence, connecting. To have a fulfilling life, it requires that you connect, and it's not connection like in here only. You know, we have this thing too: the inner outer world, right. the inner world in here, yeah. outer world out here, right. and that's the duality. Mm. How do we get people to breathe, yeah. connect, 100%. whole life in our hands? And I mean all life. 
and to care. And that is the journey now as I see it. And that's what this climate breakdown is in us. It's calling us to we care for Gaia, Mother Earth. We have so many names for it. Right. Which is also language because how do we the Mother Earth? We we call it that. Yeah, <laughs> that's linguistic. And that's, again, it goes back, and it's, it's interesting how it all connects because it's perception and interpretation. We interpret and perceive that Mother Earth, uh, and we perceive that, you know, Mother Earth or nature is like a higher, but it's it, it's not. We're just, we just say that because, again, it's not something that was ingrained, you know, in our schooling system. Yeah, but also, but I'll say this, because I'm here in Northern California this year where we had plenty of fires. And let's say fire, it's also learning to respect nature in a whole nother way, you know? Because when that fire started to burn and they said, pack your stuff, you have to leave. I could have stayed here. Right. But you know, you know what? This fire has a lot more going for it than I do. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the people in Florida that try to ride out hurricanes. It's it's really fascinating. It is, but that's the thing. So when we come into harmony with nature, and we begin to live and know that there will be fires, there will be hurricanes, just like birth and death. Yeah, it's it's all part of the the process of living on this earth. It is. And now how do we live together, which is the next big question, big question for us yeah. now. How yeah. do we live with all of it? Well, Eric, this has been a great conversation. No, I appreciate it. Uh-huh. So let me ask you, and I, I, just because you brought it up and kind of left me with a cliffhanger. I mean, how would you describe, like, how do we live with all this? And I, and I know you got to go, but how, what is like, if you could give us a, a small nugget, how do we live with all of this that's happening, these hurricanes, this, you I mean, sometimes even in California, you guys aren't even getting enough rain. How do we live with that? Because, you know, there's a lot of breakdown. If you watch, depending on, it doesn't actually matter. If you watch all the news networks, a lot of news networks are saying, guys, we've got climate control. We're in like, you know, and of course this is also linguistic. We've got a lot going on. How do we live with these type of things? This, and I know it's been happening for years, but what do you say? I'm saying one is re-identifying who we are, mm. right? That's powerful. Yeah. Uh, to, and we've said this, when you live as if you're separate from that, there's that over there, then I don't have the same kind of care. You say self is world. Right. Uh, you know, the indigenous people, which is, which the indigenous people are saving our lives right now. Right. Because they're offering ways to take care of the planet, not right. to consume so much, right. to not use pesticides, to cut down on our own carbon print. Yeah, not to, to use all these gas guzzling cars that we use. It is so, and there are so many people on the planet right now, more so than ever before. It's crazy. Who are in this conversation about how do we care for? You see, when I get care, then of course I will extend that care to all. Right. But there's, a, there's a little bird that comes to my house and I don't know if it's the same because I can't tell them apart. I can't distinguish that. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> but, 
I was away this weekend, and then yesterday I was out walking, and I, I saw the little bird up on my roof. I said, hey, guy, I missed you. Yeah. What's been happening? Right. Now, my neighbors might think I'm a little crazy. But it's but, and then he would, he would do like this. He would do like this. <laughs> like, I am so happy that you're here. Thank you for being here and showing me this moment of beauty. Wow. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's part of Mother Nature. It's part of life. Yeah. And so when, when we begin to have another kind of awareness, a mindful awareness right. of our interconnectedness, our interdependency, and that we will all live together, we will all die together. Yeah. But the thing about the earth, the earth will be here long after we human beings That's are true. gone. The earth isn't going anywhere. So from my understanding and what you're saying right now, and especially bringing up this bird, uh, the bird example, is that, tell me if I'm wrong or right, we should be living in unity. Would you say? We should be living in unity. And, you know, if you see, you know, a bird or if you see, you know, even someone who is less fortunate enough to, you know, you know live or what, whatever, instead of, you know, separating ourselves or ignoring you know give give the person give nature love right give you know respect and and give all of this so then you can receive it back is that correct what you're saying or is that what you're saying yeah yeah but i would take the shit out i got the yeah language part of there but yeah no. no but no but it's good but once you what and you find this throughout history Right. When, people, when people start to have a certain level of awareness or consciousness, they do no harm. Mm. That's true. Because if we were aware of what we were doing, we probably wouldn't be doing half of the stuff that we do. If, if, you know, and of course, we, you know, there's people like yourself and, and myself that are constantly you know, bringing awareness and doing awareness. But if we actually, if it was 95% of the, of the earth was aware of what we were doing, I feel like there wouldn't be a war. I feel like the, this climate change wouldn't be as drastic as it is because, you know, you know, no rain in the California, um, what was it, the Amazon caught on fire. It's like all of this. And I feel, and, and you'd let me know, that all of this is happening because we're not aware of what's going on. We're not aware of our surroundings. And we're not aware of the impact right. that we human beings have on have. this have on our ecosystem it's yeah. like when they when the wright brothers you know from my uh home state invented right. the airplane they didn't know the kind yeah, of know. harm <laughs> but it was a good thing right yeah, just like we're talking about around. yeah we're talking about the internet who knew i mean you know a few people knew but overall there's you know looking at life and, and seeing that there is just like many plants, right medicine plants they can do great harm and they can do great good if you don't know how to use them. Correctly. And so that's what we're learning now. How do we care? Yeah. <laughs> that is something big. How do we care and how do we prevent all of this chaos that's happening in the world? Yeah, which will continue. But yeah. that's the thing, you know, as I work with myself and, and with my students and uh, other people, it's the mindfulness. The, keep it's being the practice. And, the, and the keeping and, and repeating. And just like what, how we brought it up with Steph Curry, it's the continue of the practicing, you know, and bringing presence and then 
constantly doing it over and over again until it becomes like a secondhand nature. Um, before we go, Betty, I, I do wanted to talk a, a little bit um, about what it is. Uh, I know you have a school and then you have a book. Do you want to talk a little bit about that before we depart? Yeah, I don't have a book yet, oh, but I'm working on you're it. You're working on it soon. I can't wait to read it. Me either. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean it like that, I swear. <laughs> no, you, I, I meant it. Okay, you've been, been working on this book years now, longer. Okay, now, time to finish it. But uh, my school, the school is Ideal Coaching Global. Okay. And you can reach us at idealcoachingglobal.com. Right. And I started a school because out of the transformational trainings that I did for many, many years, I realized that when people came out of the training, they needed to embody certain practices over time. Mm, I'm because, one of those you know, people. Uh, yeah, because, we, you know, weekends and even three months. But we're talking about a lifetime of practice. Right. So I started the school to bring these practices forward. And also, because as a coach, having a coach, a coach's mindset. Right. You know, there are all kinds of coaches now. Yeah, everybody's a life coach now. A life coach, business coach, or relationship coach. Intimate, yes. You know, but I wanted to offer the kind of coaching in the conversation that you and I have been have, having now. Okay. What is the language of living a thriving mm. life? What are the practices? Right. And to learn that so that you as a coach can begin to interact with other people so that they can invent that language, what it is for them. They wow. can invent their practices. And I, in my school, I, um, <laughs> this is a demand. I demand that people read. Hey, <laughs> read. Yeah. There's, a, there's something about reading that, that helps you educate. It does. It, I got a, a reading call tonight, a learning call. I have a, I work with a, a young philosopher out of uh, Southern California, and he leads these learning calls. Right. So one of the books that we're reading, you know, the students are going, eh, I don't understand this. This is hard. <laughs> Give me something easier. <laughs> oh, something easier. No, you'll <laughs> never learn with easy. <laughs> That's what I say. But I understand. I, I, and I say to him, this is not about you passing, but it's about you shaping you to be expanding your capacity. So you have a deeper understanding of the Western mindset, because for many of you you'll be working with are living in these interpretations that they're blinded to because we are cognitively blind. Yeah, we are. Right? Uh, yeah. And so in, I, and I started the school because I, I myself, I like philosophy. I like biology. I, I like this question of what is language, what is thinking, right? what is embodiment. And in the school, and uh, when I first started, it was, it was more for me <laughs> to learn, right? And hey. to teach other people what they thought I knew in it. Because if you want to learn something, teach it. Yeah, right? I, that's, that's the best thing. And, and, that's, yeah. and I, that's why I think it would be phenomenal for people to go to your school because there's something in the teaching. I mean, there's something in the teaching and there's something in the learning. You kind of get, it's like a, it's like a balance. If when you teach it, you yeah. also learn it. That's right. Mm -hmm. And then we, we start to, we start to learn navigation, what it is to navigate, what it is to have a, a North star, 
Right. What is it to be present in such a way that you can hold another human being and hold them in such a way that they make their own corrections? You see? Uh, yeah. Someone, I, some, and invent. See, this, our coaching is about, this kind of coaching is about inventing your life and having the, again, what is it to invent a life? Right. And that becomes a, a, a big part of that what we powerful, do. Yeah, that's a powerful question. Yeah, and we go from, you know, the four weekends and we have an executive leadership track because there's some people who don't want to hang out a shingle <laughs> and be a coach, but they want the coaching mindset in right. their business, that's building teams. Uh, yeah, especially in corporate America nowadays. That's it's, it's exactly yeah. what they strive for. So that's awesome. So you also have a bit of that where you're, so you, instead of doing the whole becoming a coach, you have a, um, a curriculum specifically for people that want to bring that into the workplace, correct? Correct. And entrepreneurs, you know, being an entrepreneur, as you know, is a whole different, yeah, yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole different, mindset, a different mindset. Yeah. And so we, you know, we give people the fundamentals of this kind of coaching. If they want to be financial coaches, business coaches, executive coaches, health coaches, then they can go and study, become experts in that particular field. I like that. So this is your, your, your school is basically the foundation to becoming one of those coaches. I mean, because there's millions of, of you know, realms yeah. that we could become a coach in. Um, and, what, you know, out of curiosity, what's the website if we wanted to uh, find more? Uh, it's called Ideal, I-D-E-A-L, Coaching, C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G, Global, G-L-O-B-A-L.com. Awesome. And then uh, do you want to share your Facebook or Instagram? Or Instagram uh, Ideal Coaching. Awesome. Global. Or Betty Sproul. Oh, yeah, that's right. You, you are on Instagram. I follow you. I totally forgot. So <laughs> we have Instagram. Facebook. I know it's crazy that we have all of this for connection. So um, uh, Betty Sproul, Ideal Cultural Coaching Global on Facebook and on Instagram, correct? Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, sitting with me today and and I've actually learned a lot, especially with, um, you know, presence and linguistics. Mm. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I, I hope everybody yeah. that listened today uh, really enjoyed and it. I do too. And thank you, Eric. Thank you for your dedication and commitment to having people expand the awareness and consciousness and to be, to know that we can, there's nothing that we human beings on this planet cannot do when we come together. hundred percent. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I, I, I enjoy doing this and created this podcast is because what, I mean, it's there are hundreds of reasons, actually. I, w I would love the unity for us to come together and awaken and, and presence mm -hmm. ourselves to what's really going on, you know, in the world. Yeah. And as I say goodbye to you, I want to say to whoever's listening, you know, in this season of giving and Holy Day, which yeah. is what holiday is about. Right. To allow yourselves to put the gadgets down. Yeah, and put, the, put the phones away, put the laptops down right. and be present with your family and be right. present with your friends. And nature and all of it. Mm. And then on, you know, because this is the end of the year as well as the end of a decade. I know. I can't believe it's a holy cannoli. <laughs> We're about to go yeah. into 2020. That's right. And so now let's, let us begin to shape our lives, not just for what we want, but what's the win, win, win for every aspect of life.
that we're mm -hmm. involved in, our families, our communities, our churches, all of Eric, you're wonderful. Thank you, Betty. May you be blessed always. Thank you so much, Betty. I hope you have a great uh, holidays. I hope you enjoy time with your family. I really appreciate it. Thank you, everybody that tuned in. This is the Leveling Up Experience. As always, I'm Eric Michael. That's Betty Sparrow. Take care. Mm -hmm.